summer, it would be real hot outside. My Uncle Randy would pay my friends and I five bucks to come over, grab a couple of ice cubes, and hold them up against his nuts. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop you there. We're not going to use that kind of language. No. Now to the task at hand. <laughs> I know that you wish to speak about your sports games incessantly, but I am here for a different purpose. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, episode number 162. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Harry Beaver Dam. That's right, you heard me. I'm building a dam right to Mathis Vineyard. Sing it, Kenny! Kenny Loggins, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness, I heard the Kenny Loggins bet sports. See, I heard that from this guy who's totally fake because if he did bet sports, I would know all about it. But I don't know. I've been trolling his Instagram in preparation for meeting one of the greatest musicians in the history of mankind. I just need to know a lot more about him. I don't know. I like him a lot, though, and I'm going to meet him, take pictures. This is going down. Tommy Bench is coming on this show today. It's been a while since he's come on. I don't know if you know. There's been a lot going on with this Hunter Biden plea deal. Which right now doesn't seem to be a big deal. We have to address this. And he'll bring his objective opinion, uh, as always. And it was a good rip. I do think you'll appreciate that. Bro Exotic is coming on here. I don't know if you've been following Bank of America and their ludicrous scheme, scandal. Well, guess what? There's another bank in his division. Use your unbelievable imagination on what that's called. And uh, it's going to be interesting to talk about that with him. You'll be <laughs> getting a good, uh, good dose of that. And I have a side story about why you need to mind your own business. Which, uh, in a very specific circumstance, I have precedent to this. And more importantly, a recent story of why that is just a very good reminder. And soon, coming up here, we are going to talk about why I feel that is important. I feel it's important because, you know, in these movie scenes or whenever you feel you're having one in life and you have a chance to break up a fight and you think you know what side might be right, but you weren't there for anything and you know nothing... The odds of you doing something stupid, no matter what that is, if the answer is not nothing, then it's stupid. And you can almost guarantee th something stupid is most probably going to occur. We'll be talking about that more coming up here towards August before we get into the season because I can fit that one in there. That's what she said. And what a great time to do this with an episode called Harry Beaver Dam. You're probably wondering, why is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. That is a great question. But before we get into that, be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antidote. Then you see, I need you to go ahead, reach out, touch a brother, and tell somebody about the Sports Antidote yesterday. That would be incredible. And... I feel like I'm really ratcheting up the cuck really early in this one. Yeah, I'm trying to get through the first five minutes without just sounding like one, but I need you to go write a review. This is not a big deal. We get a ton of them. We did get a few come in last week. That was good. 
I understand the algorithmic matter now and why this really matters with Spotify after me going back and forth with another one of their interns who somehow pissed on us like a cat a long time ago, and that toy will always smell like cat piss. That is right. So I'm still kind of figuring all that out. But football season approaches. The drunk neighbor comes back from Michigan soon. Look, Tommy Bench is on. Bro Exotic is on. Dickie Salvo has thrown his name back into the hat. It has been a couple years since this gentleman has come on the show, and I will prep all those necessary when I know that that is indeed happening because he is a father and things, has cha- things have changed as, as he is learning and as everyone will learn if you decide uh, to reproduce. That's pretty much how that works. Here we go now. Let's get it going. So a couple quick things before we get into today's Harry Beaver Dam. A buddy of mine went to go watch a game up there in Tampa, you know, two pretty good teams. The Marlins, really sleeper team. Tampa, the best team in Major League Baseball. And a blast from the past was on the mound today. I was supposed to be there. Could not. Had to change because of travel with work. I'll get out there in a couple weeks when the Cardinals are there so I can go ahead and try to grab Arnado's ass again when I run on the field and jeopardize everything in my life just to get a quick palm of some of that Southern cow left cheek. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a oh we are already off the beaten path now are we <laughs> but our boy sandy alcantara who's having a horrible year uh decided to do something he did a lot last year and he went cg and my buddy sat there for all nine innings out there in tampa and watched that monstrosity <laughs> in that monstrosity of a park the trop i meant and He's just said, I can't remember the last time I've seen a complete game. And really, I mean, they're almost as rare now as no hitters. And I feel like the only way you can really get a complete game is if you're like working a perfect game. And then if you play for the Brewers, forget that because we're already seeing Council will pull just about anybody. Didn't Corbin Burns have like one strike away from having a game where he got like 27 straight strikeouts or something and he pulled him out? <laughs> he did jack up a no hitter. I should get on the young woke and he should. Talk about that. He was supposed to be on this week. Woo. What happened there? I think I missed on that one. That's okay. He'll be in there next week. But he could write a whole book on the Chronicles of Council uh, as we're going to be getting into the Brewers a lot more. And I'm telling you, still, I think that's something that you should do. I did another shutout. Corbin Burns, another shutout against the Reds. That was either today or yesterday. I forgot. But I don't know. I just, whoo. These guys are starting to figure it out. And they are going to be there when it counts. And with that staff, that's just tough to get away from that. When I was talking earlier about the mind, just basically this, this mindset of minding your own business, the reason I want to discuss this now is because I do want to set it up for a couple of weeks. And the reason is I made a very, very tremendous decision one day. I remember the exact day. I remember the year. I remember everything. I remember what I had for dinner that day. I, it was a very important night. And on the way to where I was supposed to be in my early 20s, we stopped somewhere that we shouldn't have. Not the place we shouldn't have been, just we had really no reason to stop at the place we did anyway. I don't really understand. I know this makes no sense, but it will eventually. But because we decided to stop and see somebody on the way to this big thing we were supposed to be at, really, we ended up not getting there, and a fight broke out at this place I was in. And I'll expound upon all these other details that I've been cryptic on here, because it's really, I'm just trying to make this quick so you understand. But 
I have probably the best example you could ever imagine on why you cannot jump into a fight thinking you know what side is right and what side is wrong. And then you'll understand later, it doesn't even matter if you do. And I'm barring the real exceptions of like, yes, if five men are stomping on some chick in the subway, you should probably break that up. I'm talking about just two guys going at it and you think you know something you might not, or there might be a big piece of information missing that would prohibit you from doing what you're about to do. And I have another example where the, the next year I did the same goddamn thing again. I did it again almost like 365 days later, this one being even worse. And I have two vivid examples on what happens and what can happen. And I'll, I'll leave the why to when you listen to it because that's very important. But in this case... I almost saw this happen. And I'm out on a business trip recently and and I am having dinner at an Outback Steakhouse. And normally at places like this, like the corporate places for whatever reason, you're not going to have as much of the, I don't know why this is, you'll just have less problems at an Outback as you would like the local steak joint in this podunk city. I don't know why, but normally I will see stupid stuff happen from time to time, but typically not at some places pristine as the Outback. But in this instance, you know, it did. And what happened was, is this gentleman who was basically being nosy as all hell to these two people in a booth had no earthly idea that that what he thought or what he thought was occurring, this is going to be very difficult for me to explain. I already think I may have backed myself in. But the way these guys were talking, if you weren't watching them, then you basically would have thought that they were being serious. And the context of their conversation could be transcribed. If you were just reading it without hearing, if there was no context, then yes, they could. this could sound threatening, abusive. This could sound like a lot of things. And then as I'm watching this happen, like he's not watching, his back is kind of to them and I can see him stewing over here. It's like, dude, just go back to words and friends or whatever the hell you were doing. No one gives a shit. Just who cares? They're they're, they're kidding. But why they were doing it, it was a mystery to me. I'm wondering, did they know they were egging him on? I don't know. But then they kind of escalated this to where, and you can clearly see they're just joking. This dude comes from nowhere and I'm skipping a lot, but I'll get into this. But this dude comes from nowhere to try to be He-Man to break up a fight that's not even going to occur. And in doing so, almost really, really, and I mean really, and I'll explain that. And I'll explain these two situations that I was in. They're all three completely different. They're three completely different languages. One's like Sumerian and one is like some ancient cryptic Latin scribe or something, but they all read the same. It doesn't matter. It's all the same scenario with the same potential ending. It's just the pathway there is different. And it's important because like, I feel it, a lot of times it's inherent for people to think they have to do something. And it's more of a metaphor because more than likely you're not going to run into two men fist fighting anymore, right? We're just a little older than that in the places we're at it. You're not really going to see it aside from like an NFL or a college football game where men just completely forget where they have to be Monday morning on Saturday and just start fighting like we're 17 again. I think it's great. I think it's incredible. If I just say that, I think we need more fights at games and less kids at games, matter of fact. I'm going to run for office on that very platform. That's right. I just made that up. I'm clearly just joking around. I do think, though, that taking kids to games 
you are taking it in your own hands these days. I mean, you're they're gonna hear and see things. They're just you probably don't want them to see. And if you take them to a you know the right place at an LSU game, holy, <laughs> you get your money's worth on some things. You may hope the earmuffs are on when that starts going around, especially when the band starts ringing up a certain song. But who knows, right? Who cares? Who cares, Shaw? Sure, who cares? Anyway, Harry Beaver Dam. Belts, what? What? I know, I know. Well, what do we know about beavers? And for those of you filthy minds at home, all of you, oh, you, oh, you Catholics out there. <laughs> For all you guys out there, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm actually just talking about the thing that swims around in a river. It's pretty hairy and makes destructive uh, dams and water that stops pivotal circulation, that destroys things that humans built. But it's incredible because the beaver does this for the most selfish reasons. You know, if you ask most people why a beaver builds a dam, you really won't get the answer. You'll get because they like to. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, if this is like that white people show on Sapelic, like, that is correct. I think, I think that qualifies. Uh, I do. Uh, but I don't think it's really the best answer. I, I asked a few people. Nobody knew. It's really funny. The reason that beavers build dams is for their house. So they build their little beaver lodge. It is really cool. If, I, if you've ever seen this before, I've actually seen one pretty close up. Now, if you usually want to get into the actual lodge then you have to go underwater. So normally the entrance to their thing, as you know, would be under or on the side of that dam, but definitely submerged in water. Then they build like a pathway that comes up from there onto like a ledge where they can usually get up, shake off. It's kind of the same one every time. And then they kind of shimmy over to this like elevated house they have that's completely protected from the top with everything that they've dammed it with or the things that they've slowed the water down. And then of course... From predators, it's very difficult to get in there from the way they have it set up. So it's really smart, but it's just done so they can live the way they want to. It's, of course, it's inherent within nature and, and all of these things, but that is why they do it. Building the actual dams in the water slows down the water enough to where it just can't knock down their lodge that they built. So the beaver's biggest enemy really isn't water, it's technically man, because man needs that water moving. See, we like to drink water, but the stuff that water really does for us is when it's going, you know, moving and stuff. And the, and the, and the beavers have significant damage to a lot of things that we're trying to do. Now, this is their natural efforts. This is what they're going to do. I don't think we need to exterminate beavers to get rid of the dams, right? But I watched one of these animals do this one time, and it was one of the most fascinating things I think I'd ever seen in my entire life. One of these beavers, you know, I've seen this twice. Now in Louisiana, you have them, especially in the more of the Florida parishes down here, but it's in Southeast Louisiana, which is where I live. You will see them in a lot of freshwater rivers and you can read about this and see stuff on YouTube. Uh, they're not the same type of beavers. They're a little smaller, smaller hairy beaver. <laughs> a lot of those coming in here, huh? That hairy beaver dam. I should be saying that. Every other line. Actually, brace for impact. Here it comes. Over, under, 14 and a half. 25% juice on the over. Because it's probably going to clip, chief. You hear me? But down here, we have so many nutria, which is an evasive species that tunnels below our 
our streets, which ruins basically creating more and more potholes that we don't even need outside of actually New Orleans. They look just like beavers. They're a little bigger, smaller head. And of course, the tail is going to be, you know, the indicator there. But if you wouldn't know any better, it would just look like a big rat in the water, which they both kind of will, especially at night. Really difficult to differentiate uh, those. But I did watch this once in Arkansas, uh, in Little Rock, as a matter of fact, right outside of Little Rock. And off one of the major tributaries was kind of like one of these over, I guess it must have rained some and the, the water level was way higher than, than it normally would be. But it looked like another plot of land that normally wouldn't be underwater, but is. You kind of tell the way the vegetation was around it. That Sometimes this happens on the banks down here in the Mississippi River, all the way down here in Louisiana. So I've seen it before. I kind of know what it means. You can see there's like a lack of erosion and you just know, like, all right, this, this really isn't supposed to be here. It doesn't take some trained eye to see this. But so watching this, this guy was telling me, showing me what this beaver was trying to do. And the beaver was basically, it looked like trying to build this dam in the stupidest place imaginable, right? The dumbest place. If you don't know why he's doing it, which I did not know at the time. Looking back, it makes perfect sense why the beaver would want to position his house fortified where it was. Because if he's just looking to live there, that would be the best real estate. I didn't know it. I thought they just stopped the dam because they literally just had a jihad against water. I had no idea. I thought like a beaver to water was a cobra to a mongoose. I did not know. So that makes a lot more sense to me now. Of course, this was a while ago. This is, you know, I was still in my uh, mid-20s when this went. Or late, late 20s. Yeah, late 20s. Beavers build dams, right? And we see animals do other crazy stuff. Birds build nests. All different types of animals build nests. You know, there's the fainting goats. You ever seen these things? What sounds just like what it is. It's a goat that faints. There you go. And they have them at one of these zoos in San Diego, that big zoo in San Diego. And one of the guys was like, faint goat. Basically, he was joking that the one up in San Francisco does the same thing. In other words, a fainting goat will faint just about anywhere. Okay, I guess I can kind of get that, and we see, you know, like, I guess the same thing would be those horned lizards. That's kind of weird. Beaver builds a hairy beaver dam, and these horned lizards spray blood. You ever seen those ones? The lizards that actually spray spray blood for self-defense? It's pretty wild. How about mole rats? You ever seen this one? Mole rats can do this. They, they are like the hairy beaver dam. They run like 60 miles an hour in these subterranean caves, and they're blind as a bat because they're all down here in the dark, but they run as fast forward as they do backward. Go look at some of the videos they get of these things. It's, it looks like something out of one of those possession movies. All of a sudden, this thing's going full speed forward, full speed backward. It scared the shit out of me. I was like, what? Goddamn Antichrist living down here in Garden of the Gnomes or what? David the Gnome or whatever that Nickelodeon show was. Goddamn. It's ridiculous. So we pretty much know that animals are going to be animals. We think or we know, I guess. We don't really know what a Bengal tiger would do in the... African terrain or what a tiger would do somewhere in Asia or a lion in Asia or something like that. They just these animals would never really see each other anyway. A bull in a, a bull in a field though, I imagine would still be like a what? A bull in a china shop, which is why they they have that saying. And athletes stay with. Athletes you could kind of go down a list of 800 trillion of these, but I'm going to choose ones that are really relevant to me and guys I always bring up on this show. If you didn't know, a long time ago, I'm at a bar watching a baseball game, and this old lady is staring at the television with this Pittsburgh Pirates jersey. 
that is so goddamn tired. It was tired when Roberto Clemente was looking at this thing before the, uh, before the plane that he probably should have never been on anyway. But, I mean, this thing was ridiculous. And she was drinking, like, old granddad or some nasty shit. And she, she just was so hammered. And she just kept asking the same question. I have, like, five of my friends brainwashed now. Whenever they see this guy, this is what they say every single time. And it went like this. Is my cutchin up? Woman, he's on second base. He can't be up. It's impossible. There's more of a chance that that many people voted for the current president than the fact that this man can get a hit while he stands on second base. It is scientifically impossible. Forget everything about the game. The physics of it just make no sense. It is impossible. McCutcheon is not up. Two minutes. Is McCutcheon up? Lady, he just tore his ACL. Our lady, look, he's dead. Our he has co, he's gone. Okay? I mean, like, it was unbelievable. But Andrew McCutcheon, is McCutcheon up? Oh, the all-game polstering doll. It was nuts. God damn, <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I just passed that infection onto you. Uh, I apologize, but you've already been infected anyway. You subscribe to this bunch of nut jobs, so what can I really tell you, pal? Have some self-reflection, find a better show. But in the meantime, if you plan on staying, Andrew McCutcheon is the same dude no matter what team. Before you say, well, most players are. No, they're not. But the way this dude plays is just so perfect for the teams that he has played for. McCutcheon's never really played for the big, big, big team. I mean, the Braves, the Pirates, you know, these are names historically, but they're not big markets at all. And McCutcheon has that MVP. And this is one of the best players I have ever seen in my entire life. You know, guy could have won, should have won two MVPs, really. Uh, Finally, Pittsburgh helped him out a little bit, get a little protection in the lineup, and he almost won the Triple Crown while winning a gold glove. He's one of the best center fielder, best outfielders, and one of the best all-around players we've basically ever seen if it wasn't for some of these horrible knee injuries. Uh, you know, this guy would have really etched his name a little higher. You can see him keep coming back after surgery. Guy still plays for the Pirates right now. How perfect is that? But Andrew McCutcheon, every time I watch this guy play, no matter what team he plays for, no matter what is going on, I never see this dude turn around a bitch at a ref or an umpire, which I know is a lot more acceptable in baseball because it's a whole different culture, but I never see him engage in these negative, stupid activities that result in nothing. I never see him break his bat and go insane. I've, he's lost it a couple times, but he's been in the bigs for a very, very, very long time. He's usually very calm and collected. Uh, the dude doesn't really talk, and the dude does not know how to not hustle. Much like Bryce Harper, a lot of this guy's injuries are due from the fact that he's always trying to do something he probably shouldn't because he couldn't physically do what he thought he did, and that's why he got hurt. When Bryce Harper kept running into a wall trying to catch a fly ball, and everyone's calling him, yeah, he's over. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, did you see the injury? Did you see what, how it was? Do you think he just hurt his vagina trotting down first base? He hit a wall run at full speed, and he runs fast. So I don't know. Looks like it hurt, pal. Go ask him. But either way, McCutcheon has this unbelievable just, I don't even know what, it's, what it is, guys. The same way every. He builds the Harry Beaver Dam no matter where he goes. It just does not matter. I'm watching a game last week. I need one more run two weeks ago. I didn't get it. McCutcheon with one out. Pittsburgh down by seven. The game's over. Top of the ninth. They're having another bad road stretch. Hits, just rolls one over to the shortstop. A, a tailor-made... Two hop right into the shortstop's trot. It's out his glove. Like, it's like something you would hit with a fungo bat right to this dude like he's been hitting to him since he was two years old. And McCutcheon, 
almost beats this thing out and hyperextends his knee in the process. Even the announcers, the Padres announcers were even like, wow. I mean, he's not even, he's not doing that, so I'll talk about it in my mom's basement right now. He's not doing that, so people will say, like, you know, Nick Saban and these other guys will get really mad at a their ninth-string quarterback when he throws a pick, when they're up by 100, and then the cameraman and everyone goes, oh, the announcers, oh, he never stops coaching. It's, oh, God, can we stop? We get it, all right? But come on. The reason why McCutcheon does that is because he doesn't have a choice. That's the only way he knows. The ways of old school, just out the box, running. When he gets walked, he doesn't put his finger in his urethra like everyone else and do their little walk. Now people have a walk dance. I mean, you got walked. You didn't cure pancreatic cancer. Get your ass on first base. I mean, what, what, what next? We already have... Everyone has to do that little hula hula dance when they get on second now and all this. Got to grab your dick if you hit a triple or something. Just, God damn it, just what the... <laughs> just. Somebody needs to get control of this podcast and of Major League Baseball, and it ain't going to be me. So let's hopefully somebody steps in and can do that. In any event, it's a shame to see what's happening really on my end to watch Scherzer and Verlander just do what they do for the Mets right now. Now look, we can't be mad at them. The Mets thought they had this all together. We're getting Scherzer. We're getting Verlander. I mean, nobody really thought that they were on the back end of their career, albeit Verlander coming off another absurd year for Houston. Uh, you know, this is eventually going to happen, especially with two power pitchers that have been throwing and throwing and throwing for so long. Uh, this eventually is going to happen. But these guys, for the longest time, you just do what you're going to get. Now, we're, I'm not saying anything super prolific here, but stay with me. This, these guys, Harry Beaver Dam was simple. You know, we're going seven and two-thirds, eight and a third, uh, we're not really going to walk anybody, give up a couple solo home runs, and you plan on seeing me for about 80, 90% of this game. And, and we don't see that anymore in Major League Baseball. It's a whole it's a whole other thing. Thank God we saw it today with Alcatara. Thank God. I mean, I was beginning to wonder if that was a thing, if CG still stands for a complete game. I don't know. But it's these guys are just two ones that no matter who they play for, what they do, they're going to play the way they do, even though right now they don't have the same stuff that they had last year. But those two guys kind of strike me in that same McCutcheon thing. Scherzer's going to go throw his arm out and lie to the coach and say he's fine when it feels like rubber. And Verlander's probably going to... Probably, <laughs> I don't even know what Verlander really does. I know Scherzer does that, but what they're, they're going to be who they are. You know, when the Pelicans, when we got C.J. McCollum down here, we all know about C.J. McCollum. Everybody likes him. Everyone in the NBA likes him. Uh, unlike Chris Paul, all the players like C.J. McCollum. And and he's involved in all the... Uh, there's a ton of community activity and also on like the... The CB, the collective bargaining, the CBA there with him. I know he's involved in that as like a spokesperson at one point. He's not the best defender, but he's a prolific scorer and certainly is a, I wouldn't call him a great player, but he's pretty damn good. He's all star caliber. I don't think he's going to make another all star game in his career uh, as he's seen the better days in Portland, but they're not asking him to do what they did in Portland now. But we got C.J. McCollum. We knew what we were getting, an instant leader. And that's what it was. He's going to be a hairy beaver. He's going to build that hairy beaver dam in Portland. But we know, oh, I wonder what's going to translate in New Orleans. He wanted to come down here. He knew it was going to be a challenge. He saw all the young talent. He wanted to play with Zion. All these things that you want to hear. He's the first one at practice. All the cliches, yada, yada, yada. But C.J. McCollum is the guy at Portland that he is right now. And that's, there's a thing to that. He builds that hairy beaver dam no, mar- no matter where he goes. He continues to do the same thing. That this goes way, way, way beyond consistency. 
It doesn't just stop there. I mean, look, a couple more athletes real quick. Look, Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans. I don't like Mike Evans. You don't like Mike Evans. Look, Mike Evans goes, look, we all know he, he goes to the Blue Oyster Bar uh, in Tampa. Classy joint, the Blue Oyster Bar, all right? And, but we all know that, look, even though, like, in, it's kind of the same thing in San Francisco, although it's called, you know, let's say Hubby's Whole Hammer Bar and Grill, <laughs> it's just Mike Evans is going to build the same Harry Beaver Dam in the gay community in Tampa that he would in San Francisco. Doesn't matter, again, if it's at the Blue Oyster, pretty classy joint down there, or if it's at Hubby's Whole Hammer Bar and Grill uh, in San Francisco. Uh, he's going to do the same thing that Mike Evans does, and that's be a, uh, basically the next Aaron Hernandez. Uh, keep that receipt. When it comes to that, too, Aaron Rodgers. What, 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 what do you think Aaron Rodgers? He's building a Harry Beaver Dam right now in New York. Of course he's going to play like the role of like kind of the mellow but still coked-out 80s antagonist in a bad movie with a montage coming, spreading medical disinformation against, you know, COVID-19 in general, vaccination doctrine in general. <laughs> we know he's going to do. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the hairy beaver that he is and build that hairy beaver dam in New York, and it's going to be hysterical. You still probably don't know what the hairy beaver dam means. I should probably get into that, but I can't before we talk about these political ways. Look, Jen Psaki, you took her out, and I'm talking about Harry Beaver. Now the Catholics have perked up because I don't think I'm talking about the snake anymore because there was a Harry Red Beaver. Let me tell you something, pal. Jen Psaki will pull her pants down. (laughs) My friend said it looked like Bozo the Clown. I'm so, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so, so professional. So, so, um, so Jen, she'll be rocking that same thing. If you want to go with the Harry Beaver there, trust me, it's the same as it was. That coffee, stink-ass breath that could literally and does melt styrofoam right there on camera as that Folgers, when it leaves her teeth and that grit is still there and it flies out like that last like kind of booger when you're trying to fling it, it's disgusting. Jen Psaki, we all know her consistency. To be more serious on this, she's going to be the same bully she was on MSNBC as she was inside the Biden administration. Look, Billy Nungesser, this is the drunk neighbor's favorite politician of all times. This is, this is the lieutenant governor of Louisiana. Uh, Billy Nungesser is known for a lot, especially when he wanted to build a casino in Fountain Blue State Park, which is right up the street from our house. He basically said, well, we just, the drunk neighbor says, oh, yeah, we just put a casino here. I don't understand what the big deal is. Nobody comes to this piece of shit anyway. <laughs> oh, it was one of the best. But Nungesser is hysterical. Nungesser realizes this right now. He can't run for governor. This guy's been lieutenant governor for a billion years. Everyone likes him. I like him a lot. He's a woman. I mean, you know, my youngest brother has some hilarious stories about this. But my thing is with Nungesser, if he runs, he's going to get railroaded because there's more on him than, I mean, they got more on him than anyone in the world nearly. <laughs> but he can run for lieutenant governor all they want. But Nungesser is lieutenant governor no matter who the governor is. It doesn't matter. Billy Nungesser runs around this state like he is the acting governor. He really does. It is unbelievable, and I almost have to applaud that. 
because it doesn't matter. He's going to be lieutenant governor in Shreveport like he is in New Orleans and build that Harry Beaver Dam and last my man John Bro. I've told this story and I'm saying it again. I do not care. Weighted tables out here in Florida, private party, Senator John Bro, 40-something year incumbent senator. This is 2008, and all bro wanted to talk about is football. He gave me 50 bucks. He saw the New Orleans on my name tag working this event. The members are getting mad. He just wanted to talk to the New Orleans boy about LSU football and the Saints. That's all he wanted to talk about. But he told me he'd keep his wine glass always at three ounces, and I saw how this works. You just keep a man's wine glass at about three ounces, and when you're sipping it, you don't realize he took 11,000 pulls of this three ounces. The guy just drank a case of wine, you didn't even notice, he gave me a Ulysses Grant 50 smooth, and he put it in my pocket, he's done that so many times, holy shit, that was amazing, he just, like, right in there, man, but John Burrow is like this, with Republicans, with Democrats, it was funny to hear him speak, not funny, but interesting to see how these politicians will operate, and operate, the, they will operate the same way, execute the company strategy and fashion that they need to to get what they need done. It's funny to see how they do this, but this guy, you could tell, is the same in weather and, and the same in the rain, no matter what the weather. He is going to be acting very much the same in different situations because much like Saki and Nungesser, my man John Bro is used to building that hairy beaver dam. I told you I watched that beaver build that dam right over here in, in Arkansas, and then I've seen a little bit of that in Louisiana. But I'm going to tell you something that I saw on a video recently. I showed it to my dad, and he was scratching his head for hours. And my dad and I kind of think the same as far as what he likes to do when he does his church thing and how I do this right here. My dad already was looking at what happened, and he was already thinking about, hey, he's going to jump into the transgender fight in some sermon or whatever he's doing, I could see the wheels spinning. And he was happy I showed it to him without even saying anything because he knows when I show him that, I'm showing it to him because I know he can take that and use that kind of like I would, not saying it's effective or not, whatever, but it's just how we think. Well, I went kind of, I haven't told you what it is yet, but my take's a little different. Before we get into that take, I should tell you what I saw, but I had to preface that with what my dad said first. I just look at things a little differently, I guess. But anyway, there's a video of a beaver that has been domesticated. And this beaver lives in these people's house. There's a doggy door, and there's like a pool out back, and they have this thing set up to where this just looks like a very functional, uh, I don't know, community of humans that have a couple animals and a beaver, which I'm pretty sure that no one in the world actually has walking through their house. But this looks to be like... This has been going on forever. That's interesting enough as it is to have a beaver as a pet, let alone in the house, right? That's even crazier. Uh, but, the, but the thing that really is insane here and the point of this entire show and what I want to talk about is, is this beaver is a little upset. He's a little upset because he can't go outside because the weather is horrible from what I was reading in some of this. And there's multiple videos of this, but in this particular one, I kind of learned a little bit of why this happens. Couldn't let him go out for whatever reason. So the beaver kind of looks around, and he says, Oh, I'm a hairy beaver. So what am I going to do? I'm probably going to build a hairy beaver dam. Well, you can't go outside, pal. Well, I'll build it right here then, chief. How you like that? Well, what do you mean? Well, watch this. So he proceeds to go around that house and take 
anything from shoes to baseball gloves, blankets, dolls, magazines, cups, plates, food, anything that animal could get to bring it into the corridor of the house where the living room would branch off to dam the hallway from one of the main arteries venting into what would be the house, the heart of the house. The beaver goes and does this forever and doesn't stop until there is nothing else it can physically move. I mean, you can see it looking around. It was looking at one person's like necklace, looking like meant to jack that thing and throw it up here in the dam. <laughs> now, you're probably thinking, well, you know, whatever. We talked about silly animals. Well, silly animals are just being silly and they'll do that just about anywhere. Pro athletes do what they do, but then again, pro athletes get paid, so then that's going to be a little different. Politicians do what they do because they were most of them just born soulless and are in the correct role for their their lives, I guess, the way things are going. But they're still getting paid by, you know, typical monetary gain and as well as power. So politicians doing that should also be pretty, pretty normal to do what they do. But I will say this, it is highly irregular for a beaver to do that because a beaver ain't making no money off no living room Harry Beaver dam. That's not paying him dividends anywhere. He is not getting anything accomplished unless the great flood is coming right through the front of that door and he knows about it. So then the main question just comes this. Does the beaver know this activity is futile? This is where the conversation will separate. This is a two-answer question. If the answer is no then this means he's just a robot, programmed like the FBI or anyone else that just does what they're told even when they know they shouldn't be doing it, or maybe not in the beaver's case. <laughs> but this just means that the beaver is programmed innate by nature, inherently, to go do what it is it's going to do regardless of the situation that it's in. So if the answer is no, then that has to be the most logical conclusion in my opinion. Otherwise, you can just say he's a learning disability maybe or something. I don't really know what you'd say. But that seems to be how I would think. Well, if you answer the question the other way, does the beaver know this activity is futile and the answer were to be yes? Oh, okay. Well, turn the page that way. And then the next question would be, guess what? You guessed it. Why? That's the question. Why would the beaver build a dam in a living room knowing that it needs to be doing this outside. Is it practicing? I mean, the beaver knowingly building a living room dam, I mean, to me, if you're going with yes, and you wanted to further ask the why, it would kind of seem to me, in order for him to build the best possible dam outside he possibly can when it counts, that he should get moving inside on doing anything he can because I feel like an idle beaver ain't making no damn. Even when he's in a goddamn living room where there's no water. So if you believe why and then you believe what I just said, then you need to circle back and take a look and say, well, I'm trying to say this in probably the best, most realistic, translatable way. But how can we not do the same? And I mean that not of just like, well, everyone else is, well, every other beaver is sitting around not doing anything because of the rain. This one beaver is getting it done in my living room doing burpees. Look at this. 
No. Why does the beaver do this? We know why the fainting goat does this, and then, like I said, the horned lizards, and then these mole rats. We, Andrew McCutcheon, we know why he almost hyperextends his leg running down first base. Obviously, he had the over like I did, and he lost. Everyone knows that. Scherzer Verlander, we know why it is they do the things they do, right? McCollum, Mike Evans, the oyster, the blue oyster, he's either there, or Hubby's Whole Hammer Bar and Grill in San Francisco. Either way, does the same thing, very consistent. So does Aaron Rodgers, the way he does information. These political guys I've talked about, when you look at Saki, Nungesser, or John Burrow, it kind of is all the same when you ask your question or ask the question why they do what they do. You almost have the same answer as the animal. Maybe it is inherent. Things they just can't help. Uh, you know, all the adaptation throughout the years comes in and I guess just creates this. I guess you could go in so many different directions with this. It almost is impossible to communicate a message. But thankfully to you, I actually have one here and thought this one through. You know why? Because it's so hard to find this one. But I found mine. Not because I wanted to find something and was looking for something and would know what it looks like when I found it. It did take a minute. But there's a reason why the beaver is building a goddamn beaver dam in a living room and not outside, aside from the fact that it can't go outside, because I believe that it knows it can't. It's not even trying to get outside or going near that doggy door in which it could get out. So clearly it knows the parameters of what's happening here. Maybe it knows it'll get grounded if it goes outside. That answers a lot of questions. So at least we know that. I don't know if the beaver's actually thinking practice makes perfect. If that's the case, that would certainly raise way more questions than I'd like to. Now we're getting into, does a tree fall in the woods? If no one's around, does it make a sound? Advanced 505. I don't think we're really ready for that. I don't know if the beaver understands any of this. Maybe he understands work ethic and repetition. And if he keeps on doing this craft, and eventually he'll just have a fine-tuned machine and just goes on and on and on. But then this occurred to me. And this is why this hairy beaver is building a hairy beaver dam right in that living room. It's because he wants to be great right now. He wants to be great now. While he's grabbing everything in sight to build this dam and the humanoids are all laughing at him, he's probably saying something like this. Yeah, laugh it up while I do this. Yuck it up now, you filthy, worthless cock. Laugh it up. Because when I clog up the Hoover Dam, <laughs> like Rob Ryder's toilet, maybe you'll understand. You see, after watching that video as long as I did, knowing that this is just one of the coolest, most ridiculous things I've ever seen, and so many questions hit you, <laughs> if you're thinking like that, which is not even a good thing I'm saying, but I just feel that this animal knows that when it gets outside, the only way it's going to be great outside of it's great inside, building something that doesn't even exist because there's no such thing as an indoor dam. It's not quite how that works. We could go on and on with it, but I do believe that the animal understands the only way it's going to build the best possible dam outside where it counts is, is if he does build the best possible dam inside when it doesn't count. And like I said, I don't even think he likes it. I don't even think he likes these repetitions. This is just going to the gym, killing himself to get ready for what it is that he has to do at the end where it counts. And I, I feel especially, like I said, after watching it, man, it just really puts things to perspective and it makes you think, but if he does know what he's doing, boy, 
Well, the beaver just got a lot more respect for me. But good for him for building that hairy beaver dam. And I think that we maybe want to look into building our own little hairy beaver dams. But before we can do that, we need to unblock the dam because here cometh Bro Exotic. Has anybody seen Bro Exotic? If so, that means you want to be a woke white person. So listen up because I'm going to give you your PhD in wokeology. Bro Exotic joins the sports handler. How you doing there, bro? Uh, what's going on, dude? Uh, bro Exotic, uh, Vice Pit with Cal, uh, Church of Woke. Uh, just uh, I know we haven't talked uh, this uh, this month, dude. I'm just still getting over my uh, my Pride Month hangover, dude. It's just uh, too much fun, man. It's uh, it's a great time, dude. A lot of Bud Light. Sick. Uh, yeah, a lot of Bud Light. Uh, hangover. I mean, yeah, your Super Bowl is over, but only for I'm sure something ridiculous to be happening in July, right? I mean, come on now. It's not like the calendar year stops for you guys, right? <laughs> it just oh, no, keeps dude. trucking. Oh, I never stop. The woke calendar never stops, dude. No, of course not. Um, see, something that never stops. I don't know if you've been aware or anything, or if you've been following any of this activity. Uh, but yeah, I am one of the victims of the scandal with Bank of America, and I don't know if you know this, but they basically incrementally have been like ripping people off. Do you know anything about this? Oh uh, no, oh dude. Uh, I mean, if you're having trouble with uh with boa do you you you, need, you really start you start getting on board with bow dude b of course the bank of woke what, the what bank of work, correct the of bank course, of work of we all know this right. yeah dude um yeah dude the bank of work dude what's it's, up uh, with this what's going on with the bank of woke so it's really interesting dude so we are actually uh we're we're double charging uh insufficient funds uh to uh to millionaires dude <laughs> Um, and we're uh, we're withholding uh, reward bonuses and opening accounts without the millionaire's knowledge or permission, uh, and it's uh, it's all for a good cause there. It's uh, it's all good, dude. All the fees, um, they're totally, uh, it's it's totally cool. Yeah, uh, I mean it's 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 working. It's working. It's it's to a great cause there. I mean, all these fees. What's the cause? Well, uh, like, dude, and I, it's getting me really mad because a lot of people keep saying that these are like illegal fees, but we le- we live in a colorblind society today, dude. Uh, they're actually undocumented fees, so we can just stop with this m- magnite racism. <laughs> these fees are undocumented. Uh, it's to, everyone knows this. Um, so what we're doing is, yeah, we're just uh, we're we're taking all these uh, these fees from these millionaires, dude, and we're just uh, we're giving it all to China. Because <laughs> obviously millionaires, they they cause uh, global warming. Um, so what we have to do is do we have to give all this. Uh, <laughs> we're giving all these fees to China, dude. Uh, hashtag stop Asian hate. Um, and then what we're going to do is uh, we're just going to preemptively uh, make all of these uh, antidotes and, uh, and, and boosters um, for the inevitable uh, super COVID. Um, it's bound to happen. Pro- and, uh, it sounds we- like... Sounds like what you're saying is taking money from mostly the middle to upper class, the rich people doubling up on fees that you originated. Everything you just said about China, kind of the whole plan, that actually sounds like Bank of America, that what, what they just got caught doing and indicted uh, for. Uh, um, and all the illegal they, 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 fees, it, this is maybe what you're not understanding. No, d- the, you, illegal, you, 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 just, you just don't get it. Okay. 
No, I don't. That's the problem. You illegally charge people. You can't. You're doing the same thing they're doing. You are now the new Bank of America. You just changed a letter. No, dude. All right, let's let's try to let's try to fo- follow the bouncing ball here. Okay, millionaires. Uh, global warming. Okay, right. Okay, go, go, it, go ahead. Is a millionaire. They they call. Sounds like an warming. M Night Shyamalan movie already going. Right, dude. We can't have global warming and, and super COVID at the same time, dude. So obviously, we need to take from the millionaires and give it to uh, <laughs> President Xi. We're going to take the fees and give it to Xi. And we're going to make super boosters and super uh, vaccinations for the inevitable uh, super COVID. Um, it, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's tough to understand here. It's it's, it's pretty it's pretty simple. And it's pretty ironclad. I mean, is the whole thing based around the fact that you have undocumented fees as opposed to illegal fees? OK, for uh, for, the, for the last time, we, we will not refer to them as illegal fees. They are undocumented. Uh, where do the yes. undocumented fees go? Those go to China? Yeah. <laughs> it just can't. It took me a minute. I mean, I'm, it's not exactly a Scorsese film here. I should be. I now I get it. Oh, bro. Okay. <laughs> the Bank of Woke I mean, is pretty straightforward. What? what uh, I mean. I, and yet I wander around for 40 years and, and 40, uh, 40 days, 40 years in the desert looking for the land of milk and honey of Canaan. And I and I find you the promised land. Thank you, bro. Exotic. I, I get it now. Well, good luck with cow or excuse me, uh, bow, I believe bow. that bow, which Thank is just a division inside of the major super division of cow within the actual church awoke acting as its own parent. Very interesting company you work for, Mr. Bro. Uh, and speaking of which, speaking of company, I do have a task for you, my friend. As you know, we are approaching the futures episode in college football, and which is when you re-engage hardcore as every mascot that you have some sort of grievance with will show their ugly face and get to go to war with you. And usually that is when your boss comes on this show right around there in Q3. Can you give him the nudge to maybe prep him for middle, late August? That's all I'm asking here. Maybe just... Give him a nudge. Can we do that? Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Um, Sick. There, there is a, uh, there is a particular uh, privileged university in Tallahassee that, uh, well, don't, that don't, really, don't, co- don't that really culturally appropriates. Oh yes. Um, oh yes. And we're, uh, we're, we're, we're going to get on that. Um, yes. Yes. I, I, there's a lot that you're going to be. There's a lot that's being appropriated. But anyway, bro, I look forward to that. So can you please talk to your boss then? Uh, we'll do, dude. Um, uh, as always, he's, he's furious. Um, of course, why would he be any, any other over, way? over everything? I mean, it's just, of course. Uh, what's there to be happy about? I mean, that's him and I have that in common. We're both just always so angry. Yeah, dude. We're just, uh, carbon text. Yeah, dude. We, the woke, we're very, uh, we're very happy to be pissed off. Good. And, and that's, that's where you guys belong. I'm happy when you're mad. Usually means that I am too. So, Bro Exotic, thanks for jumping on the sports antidote with your amazing, just very straightforward business plan. It's not even a scheme. Just straightforward. Just give them money. We get it. Just give them money, dude. I love this guy. Bro Exotic, thanks for jumping on. We'll see you next week, man. Anything you want to close with? Uh, yeah, dude. No joke. Stay woke. And uh, we're going to get the fees to Chi. Fees, hashtag fees to Chi. We'll see you next week, pal. Sounds good, buddy. <laughs> Load up the bench. Load it up. Put 585 out for starters.
Tommy Bench joins the sports handler here on this evening. How are you doing there, Ace? I'm doing good, Slick. Hmm. You know, it's it's the odd circumstance. It's, <laughs> you know, Wednesday evening, and there's just not a lot happening in the news. It's been a pretty quiet 24 to 36 hours. There's really not much to talk about. Yeah, there's not, because the U.S. women's soccer team's playing, and nobody's watching that. That's, that's right. <laughs> oh, sp- okay. That so wide open for me. Sorry. I did. And speaking of the U.S. women's soccer team, <laughs> I don't know if you, if, if how many of our listeners maybe have watched seasons of the show Billions. It's on Showtime, you know. So whenever season comes out, I usually find some Showtime free for seven days and then just binge watch the episodes to try to avoid paying for it. And you know, it, it's one of those. Sh- it's it's about high end Wall Street types, hedge funds um, in New York City. You know, everybody thinks they're way cooler than they really are. Everybody wears way too expensive stuff. And for the first five seasons, it, it was okay. Yeah, some wokeism was woven in, but it actually it had a significant break because the the fifth season, which was the final season of the actor Damian Lewis, who has red hair, he's in the Band of Brothers and was in Homeland. It was his final season, and they had a big break in between because COVID broke out and was right in the middle of filming, so they released the first half of it. And so, like full blown hardcore wokeism wasn't totally woven in. You know the 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 main character was a capitalist hedge fund type guy. So he wasn't overly woke. Well, season six, he moved on and now this new guy came in and is sort of the main character. And it is so, so the good guy is woke, but the bad guy is also woke. And (laughs) and it's like, they're trying to outwoke each other. The, The attorney general of the state of New York is played by Paul Giamatti and he's pursuing this billionaire who's woke and wants to do altruistic things with his wealth. But, you know, the attorney general is like, but it's not for the people, but it kind of is for the people like he's doing all these socialist programs. And anyway, I, I was explaining this to Mrs. Bench and she's like, I don't know why you do that to yourself. I, was like, I, I don't know. kind of want to see what the story arc is. And then Megan Rapino shows up in an episode and I. It's like, what? what did you think? Who did you think you were going to see? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I thought we could at least avoid her. You know, they'll have people show up on this show like, you know, Anderson Cooper because they think everybody's cool and likes him. But, yeah, oh, it was so disgusting. So I, I just fast forwarded through that scene and I was like, there's no way this is relevant to the larger story arc at all. No. Um, so anyway, moving on. Uh, obviously, I was being a bit facetious. A lot has happened in the news. We're going to focus on the Hunter Biden thing. And I'm going to try to boil this down because a lot of moving parts, but I think it can be somewhat simplified. So. In the last 24 to 36 hours, here's what's happened. Hunter Biden was getting ready to execute the plea deal. Now, I know everybody's probably familiar with plea deals. You see it in law and order and law shows. You know, basically a a defendant, somebody who's charged with a crime says, well, I don't want to plead guilty to what you're charging me with, but I'll plead guilty to a lesser crime. The benefit is the, the state or the federal government doesn't have to waste a bunch of resources pursuing and having a trial. We can all just agree that you're guilty of something lesser, and then that usually results in a lesser punishment. Now, conservatives, especially conservative media, have been criticizing this plea deal that was made public a few weeks back because it it just looks so lenient. He was admitting to failing to pay millions of dollars in taxes and was not going to serve a day in jail. He's going to be put to a diversionary program, and many legal pundits and analysts, largely on conservative social or social media and conservative media, were saying this is unprecedented. You can't find a case like this, and it looks it reeks of favoritism. And, and then whistleblowers came out and said, 
look, I was involved in the investigation and we were not permitted to do what would have been the standard next step in terms of they, they are claiming, especially these IRS investigators are claiming they were limited in the scope and no, you can't talk to that person. And, you know, no, you don't go talk to Hunter. We set up an appointment and they, this, the various whistleblowers have made a lot of accusations and that's their house hearings about it, but focusing on, on the plea deal. So, you know, I know on the TV shows, it's like, Oh, plea deal. And everybody signs a piece of paper and that's it. You walk away. Well, maybe in some lesser cases, that's the situation. But but in this particular case, they still have to be approved by a judge. So essentially, the prosecution and the defense say, look, here's what we're going to agree to. It still has to be presented to a judge, and a judge has to sign off and say, yes, the, the interests of justice are, you know, with respect to both parties are being served. So that was supposed to happen this morning. But here's what happened in the 24 hours prior, or at least this is the claim that is being made. <clears throat> the House Republicans filed an amicus brief, which is Latin for friend of the court. Essentially, it's you, ha you have an interest in something going on in court proceeding and you want to throw your two cents in. It's kind of, you know, you're co-signing from a distance is, is a way to put it. Usually happens a lot on Supreme Court cases where, you know, if it's a gun rights case, the NRA and every other gun rights organization We'll, we'll send in a brief saying, hey, we're, we're an interested party and we want to give you our thoughts on the matter. So this was a little unusual. You know, it's not often that the Congress, you know, the, the majority uh, party controlling Congress will get involved in such a thing. But basically they filed a brief saying we, this really looks this looks like he's getting a sweetheart deal. This reeks of political favoritism and yada, yada, yada. You know, some lawyers made a lot of money to generate 200 pages of, of a brief and submit it. And it was submitted to the clerk of the court. Sometime in the last 24 to 36 hours, a lawyer associated with a law firm that is associated with the lawyers representing Hunter Biden called the court, the clerk of the court, and said, hi, I'm working with the name of the law firm that, that did the work for the Republicans in Congress, and I need you to pull that amicus brief immediately. I'm going to let everybody think about that. So I know that's a lot of, okay, a lot of moving parts. So basically <laughs> someone associated indirectly with Hunter Biden's legal team called the court and said, get rid of that filing that the Republicans from Congress filed and, right. and misrepresented who they were. Now, of course, they're fighting back and saying, I didn't misrepresent and yada, yada. But I, I got to imagine if that those conversations would be recorded. Maybe they aren't recorded, but. They um, have to be recorded. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. But the it, it was serious enough that the judge issued a verbal order the night before saying, you better show up tomorrow morning prepared to explain what you did and what happened. So that sort of was the genesis of this morning, the plea deal somewhat fell apart. In other words, the judge said, I, I can't sign this. This, um, this looks... You know, there, there's too many things up in the air, but the most interesting line of questioning, the judge questioned the Department of Justice, who in this case is the prosecutor mm -hmm. who works for Hunter's father indirectly. Like, let's all not, lest we forget that. She asked the Department of Justice, are there still ongoing investigations? And they said, yes. So there are, so they confirmed there are still ongoing investigations related to Hunter Biden's conduct. And then the judge, to me, this is the most interesting thing. Then the judge asked, are they related to the um, 
FARA, Foreign Agents Registration Act. And and they like you, you could you could almost tell in the text of the article they didn't want to answer that. It's like you know, <laughs> yes. when, when your when your wife asks you if you took the trash out and you know yes. she asked you three hours ago to take it out and you don't want to answer that no you haven't taken it out but you but she's standing next to the trash can so you know you're about to be found out and you're just like no <laughs> well they had to grit their teeth and say yes so let's let's unpack that statement a little bit just that one quite and again this is in a court proceeding and when you um you know one little minor thing i know everybody thinks like well maybe they weren't sworn under oath lies the problem attorneys are considered officers of the court so if they're talking their statements are 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 to be considered truthful and accurate so that's why they, that's why lawyerly language you know they have to be very careful in what they say but if if they would have said yes or if they would have said no they could they could face serious you know possible disbarment for lying so blatantly you know if they, the best they probably could have said is uh, your honor that's something we'll need to uh, discuss in a closed door session right but they did they just flat out said yes Hunter Biden is under, to me, the biggest thing out of today, Hunter Biden is under investigation for potential violations of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Now, what is FARA? Something that gets thrown around, everybody wants to accuse everybody else of doing it, but essentially what it says is, if you work for a foreign government and you are here in the United States, you know, whether it's you're representing the foreign government to try to get business interests to come invest in your company or you work for a foreign government, you're lobbying members of Congress or the Senate. And look, there's a lot of legitimate, you know, foreign interests. They register with that act. They declare themselves foreign that, hi, I, you know, I'm Joe Schmo and I'm representing the interests of this foreign country. And, and it's meant to sort of keep tabs and, and know. And that way, if you're in Congress and your aide says, oh, you have a meeting with Joe Smith. Oh, who's Joe Smith with? I would assume there's some way to check a database or something. Oh, well, he's representing Ukraine's defense industry. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'll keep that in the back of my mind as he runs through his talking points. So the idea that the son, the sitting president and a former vice president may potentially be in violation of not registering as a foreign agent. How, how is that almost not disqualifying for running for another term? I mean, I feel like if that would have come out in the last election cycle, especially, I mean, who who is it? Is it this Chinese, all these Chinese interests that we are talking about? Is the Department of Justice close to, excuse me, is the Department of Justice close to tying together and saying, look, the way Hunter Biden was behaving and getting paid by all these foreign companies, he should have registered as a foreign agent because he was not acting as a U.S. citizen. He was acting as an agent for these foreign companies attempting to lobby members of the U.S. government, most notably his father. I mean, what are we going to uncover? So then this goes back to something I think I brought up a year to a year and a half ago when we were postulating what could the Democrats do to get rid of Joe Biden in 2024? <laughs> and I said at the time, I said, look, I think it's going to be the drip, drip, drip of things coming out about Hunter. I think there's a lot to unpack there. I think... It could be enough that that there would be calls for him to step aside because it looks serious enough. And maybe this is it. Um, maybe this is the beginning or, or I, the beginning already happened. Maybe we're in the, the thick of these unflattering things just continuing to come out about Hunter and it just dominates the news cycle so much. I mean, people are asking Karine Jean-Pierre, not just members of Fox News. 
you know, for clarifying statements, you know, uh, Kareem, President Biden said he never discussed business with his son. And then she says, I've given this answer a million times and it's not changing. The president was never in business with his son. Whoa, hold on, hold on. And, that, and by no means is this an original thought. Nearly every conservative podcaster made this point today. Karine Jean-Pierre, Joe Biden said two, two or three years ago, I never discussed my son's foreign business deals. Never discussed and not being in business are two separate things. Yep. You know, uh, you and I don't work for the same company, but we've discussed our jobs with each other. Okay. So if, some, if, if I said I've never discussed what I do for work with Danny Belts. And then two years from now, I say, Danny Belts and I do not work together. Hold on. There, there's a, we just opened up a whole lot of gray space of, of what may or may not have happened uh, between those two statements. And so you got, and, and again, the more time a president so has to spend stupid. deflecting this stuff and talking about this, they're not able to get their message out there. Um, never mind the fact, there's no way he's going to run the kind of rigorous campaign you need to run to be president. Because the whole sit in the basement thing, I don't think that's going to work again. Um, again, you know, Republicans are doing a lot, and we'll touch on that in a second, to possibly self-destruct. But the Democrats can't afford to have Biden just do a basement campaign. So I wonder if FanDuel will offer <clears throat> a live option that they bring back Jen Psaki as a special consultant uh, for that effort. Because there's no way this press secretary can carry the burden of a campaign while she can't even do the well, day-to-day, like get the mail. So keep in mind, once the campaign is in full swing, she can't answer campaign questions from it's, the white house podium. I understand that, but I know what you're saying. So here, it's very obvious that John Kirby is the next person up. Yes. Um, the only reason he didn't get it is because they couldn't have a white man up there. They couldn't have a <laughs> white man. So Not they, just the they, white man, a white name, with, uh, the whitest name, uh, John Kirby. Right, like, how? Right, come on. Right. He's from um, Iowa. So I'm sure she'll run the clock out for the remainder of this year. I bet he gets put in place sometime in early 2023 with the hope that he can weather the storm and, and, and make it through, quote, the campaign, even though he'd be the White House press secretary and the campaign would have its own campaign press secretary. Who knows? Maybe Queen Jean-Pierre will go over there. But. When she does walk, when she does set foot on whatever company hires her, as whatever news organization hires her, they will rose petal that ground. She will walk oh. in on a fiery chariot, Old Testament. I don't even think. No, I, I, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. It'll, it, it, you could probably name the four or five Fortune 500 companies she's going to end up at. It's either going to be, you know, Amazon, Black, BlackRock, Bank of America, JP. It's going to be one of those. You know, some major black rock you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some major corp, you know, corporation or bank or something like that. And she'll get installed as the, you know, senior vice president of communications, get paid 350, 400 grand a year and, and not really do a whole lot. And you know, like, no. uh, uh, Carney, Jay Carney, Jay Carney left the Obama administration, went right to Amazon. You haven't heard from him. He's just a cog in the machine there. Probably makes four or 500 grand a year doing not a whole lot. The IT but, guy. No, Jay Carney. He was Obama's press secretary for press a secretary. Of time. I'm thinking of who's the other guy? Because they no, they oh, I'm thinking of a whole never mind. I'm thinking of one of the so, other guys from the Clinton administration. But go ahead. Right. So he I mean, he cashed out and went to Amazon, hasn't been back in government. He didn't show back up for the Biden administration. This is as we've said before, and again, this wasn't original thought by me. 
you know, the Biden administration is populated with the Obama C and D team. It's not even the B team. It, it really is like a yeah, third it's, and fourth tier of people. It's, it's the eighth grade. It's pretty bad. Right, from the Obama war. And it's not because they moved up and gained a lot of competency in the four years Trump was in office. It's just... I feel a lot of the Obama... I feel a lot of those staffers, even middle staffers, I feel like they would turn that down and be like, nah, it's, I'm not going back to the minors, bro. I'm not going down with your right. Bush League-ass campaign. Are you right. kidding me? You guys might right. lose to Donald yeah. Trump again? <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be terrible. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what kind of talent he attracts. All right, let, let's touch on the Republican side of things. So it looks more and more like Donald Trump is just shoring things up. Uh, there's now even appears in certain state polls to be some jockeying for second place. You know, Nikki Haley has moved ahead of Ron DeSantis. DeSantis's campaign, you know, they, they say they're doing a reset. I, I hate to say it. It's not looking solid. I think he's, he's showing that there is a difference between campaigning and governing. I think he's excellent at governing. I, I think he's the best of all the people in, in the race right now, I think he is the best at governing. But I think he's showing uh, he just isn't able to connect on the campaign side, which sucks. Because I actually, I again, I think he'd do the best job governing. Um, and and some of the predictions of, well, DeSantis will surge so high in the second place, other people will drop out. That's not the case. I mean, there's even talk of maybe we get Glenn Youngkin out there. Look, I could see the case. He's extremely popular in Virginia. The idea that a Republican governor is extremely popular in a state like Virginia, that's interesting. You know, it's interesting. I still think DeSantis would do a better job governing and, excuse me, dropping the hammer where it needs to be dropped. But it is a little concerning that Trump, it, it just looks like it, it's going to be Trump. And I say it's concerning, not because I don't think he would do some good stuff. So six weeks ago, if you looked at the Real Clear Politics average, you know, poll of polls for Trump versus Biden matchup, Trump was consistently pulling ahead. In the last two to three weeks, that has shifted to Biden is consistently pulling ahead of Trump. It, it's almost as if now that people are looking at it and thinking, oh, geez, this really might happen. It might actually be Biden versus Trump. It's, I think more people are deciding, and I hate to say it, but they're deciding against Trump. Now, national polls don't mean a whole hell of a lot. You can lose by three or four points and still win. But even when you get down to the state level, what really scares me is, uh, Trump doesn't look strong in Arizona. Um, you know, that's that's a practically must win state for Republicans uh, in, in Georgia. It's kind of back and forth. Uh, you know, it, it'll it'll really be curious. I actually this could be a campaign where the debates where Trump and Biden get on stage could make a difference. Now, something interesting. And you sent me a photo recently. And, and I think it's because DJT listens to our podcast secretly uh, mm. and takes our advice. He looks like he's trimmed down a few pounds. I think that so. That photo you sent me recently, it looks like he's he's lost a few, which I think is good. It'll only help you, um, you know, to look a, look a little trimmer and look a little more spry. Because uh, if your argument is I'm in I'm fitting in better shape, you you better be in better shape than than the old guy incumbent. Well, I think that's why we've talked. We haven't spoken in a while, but I do think that's why RFK walks around shirtless after doing 500 push-ups. And people, I continue to have like, I I personally work with three people who very well may be voting for him within the nomination just because of that. And right. when you stack up that man, not even Trump, but like this man who, you know, looks, I mean, almost Herculean for that age and what he's able to do, writing a crazy book, 
oh, these physical things, stack them up next to like this pathetic, just waste of protoplasm. Like even the aesthetics alone. And Kennedy looks good in a suit. Like he looks right. good. Uh, he's pretty presentable, he man. And I, I feel he's going to give them a lot of problems. And I, I don't want to go down this road, but I was telling this to my neighbor a couple of days ago. Whenever the Democrats start to focus collective fire, you know, like like we're on the midway and we're focusing on one dive bomber. So a whole right. carrier is pumping all this thing into one plane. And they are just almost they are using a unbelievable amount of effort to get in this man's way. And it's funny because people are starting to talk about that. The guys like Joe Rogan, the guys you don't want talking about it. Like the minute right. you become a problem, they just try to ex- – he used the word exterminate you. They basically just try to not kill you, but it's it's like – Take you off was, the board. It's a They're cancel call. Yeah, exactly. Just get you out the way. Yeah. That's, it's, and, it's, but I will it, say this. I mean I think, it's, I think it's being effective in some ways because – you know, and again, I, I get frustrated when I hear political commentators who look, I mean, they, they say, you look at real clear politics average. Well, I do. I do it almost every day. It's one of the most interesting data points I think you can find. It's not biased. It's just the numbers. Yeah, polls have their inherent flaws, but it's not like Neat Silver's 538 where you got to scroll through pages and pages of opinion on it. You can just go right and look at the numbers yourself. The truth is, again, about four to six weeks ago, RFK was showing anywhere from 18 to 22 or 23 percent in various polls. That has now consistently dropped to about eight to ten percent. So it it seemed again. I, I don't know if it's one of those as people are realizing, like, oh man, he he might actually be make some noise. They're 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 getting more scared that you know he would definitely lose to Trump because I just think I don't know. I just think it's baloney polling. Like when they were saying she was up fifteen points two weeks before the sixteen election. I I feel he's way more popular than that. Uh, especially when you put him in a room versus those people, are you right? I mean, we're no, not talking well, about like you know the upper class, you know, Democrats of the past here. This isn't right. this isn't the A squad. And then something else that's worth at least occasionally checking in on, you know, Cornell West is running for the Green Party nomination. Oh hell yeah! Uh, you know, he peels away two to three percent of the Democrat vote, and if he peels away, say, ten to twelve percent of the Black vote, and that could really spell some problems. I mean, especially. Say he say just to make a point, he just campaigns in three states, right? Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. And he campaigns in Philadelphia, Detroit, and Atlanta. I mean, he really could cause some problems for a Democrat trying to he win might. those states. I mean, we just remind him how awesome he was in the sequel in the Matrix there in the beginning. Great job, right. Cornell. Such a such a such a he doesn't indoctrinate at the university level or anything. No, no, of course not. Yeah, course he's not. just he's just the he's the darker version of Noam Chomsky. Anyway, so Tommy Bench, uh, anything you? Oh, I'm sorry, I just cut you off there, man. Were you still going? My bad. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. That's it for that's it for tonight. Looking forward to being back on next week. Looking forward to getting into football season. Might have something special cooking uh, oh. in terms of focusing on the Eagles, but more to follow on that. I like that. I like I, I like I, I like that idea. I'd like maybe one minute a week. Keep us up on the crazy Eagles message boards. There's no shortage of insanity there. We can agree on that. That uh, sounds like a plan. They're one of the best. Uh, real quick, in the short term, do you think anything prolific will happen before you come on next week regarding this Hunter Biden court formality, we'll call it for now? Or do you think this is just going to go away? Or do you think we'll be escalating this next show? What do you think? No, I what I think will happen is there will be a quiet period because look, the wheels uh, of justice grind slow and fine, or I forget the exact quote. Um, nothing <laughs> happens quickly. So I, 
I don't think there's going to be any major revelations over the next week, but it'll be, you know, a period of quiet and then there will be some big thing that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to Those agree. Yeah. We, we, we will see. Well, Tommy bench. Thanks for hopping on the sports standard here, my brother. And we will, uh, we'll see you next week. Hopefully. Always good to talk to you out here. Bye. Thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode number 162. Harry, the Harry Beaver, damn. Thanks to Tommy Vance for coming on to talk about this Hunter Biden insanity that continues to ensue in our society, which makes me crazy. Thanks to Brogzai for coming on talking about Bow. The Bank of Woke. I'm sure that'll be a reoccurring theme amongst the dialogues to come, and I'm sure his mascot game when it comes to Fabian the Unwoke team will be on point, rip hot. Drunk Neighbors coming back here with the young Wogan, maybe Betty Hanna. Hopefully have him back soon. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram. Reach out, touch it, brother. Tell somebody about the sports antelope today. Keep it real, Anna Notions. <laughs>